0: Welcome to Beyond Bite Wings, the business side of dentistry, brought to you by Edwards & Associates PC. Join us as we discuss how to build your dental practice, optimize your income, and plan for your future. This podcast is distributed with the understanding that Edwards & Associates PC is not rendering legal, accounting, or professional advice. Listeners should consult with their business advisors before acting on any of the information that is shared. At Edwards & Associates PC. Our business is the business of dentistry. For help or more information, visit our website at enassociates.com. So in December of 2022, a $1.7 trillion bill was passed by Congress that includes several significant changes to retirement plans that could help Americans keep their pensions untaxed and untouched. For longer, why don't we talk about this a little bit? Well, yeah, I think it's uh misleading.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I say that because, as you said here, it helps you to keep your retirement, would you say, untaxed and untouched for longer. However, <laughs> uh-huh. a lot of the provisions don't phase in for a few years, some of them for uh, 11 years, I believe. That is true. Um. And so some of the changes are also complicated. I have um, personal issues with some of the – kind of ticks me off, to be frank with you, but um, we'll cover those in a minute. But some of the changes that affect the ability to keep your retirement funds intact and untaxed for longer are the extension of the uh, date by which you have to start taking Required minimum distributions, Mm -hmm. RMDs. It has been historically age 70, and then a couple of years ago, a few years ago, three or four years ago, it changed to age 72. I believe that was in year 2020 during the pandemic, changed to age 72. Sounds about right. Now this year, 2023, it changes to the age of 73. So for those that are reaching age 73 this year, you do not have to take a retired minimum distribution until at the latest, April 1st of 2024. However, if you wait till 2024 to take your RMD for age 73, then you would also have to take a second RMD during 2024 for age 74. So you'd have to take two RMDs in that same year if you deferred your first RMD to April 1st of 2024.
0: I see. And I believe that age limit goes up to 75 uh, from 2033. I was going to say it goes up to
1: age 75, but that is in 11 years from now.
0: Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. maybe that will affect you, Ash. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I mean, speaking of that, could you also maybe tell our younger listeners what the RMD is? Uh, well, the RMD is a required
1: minimum distribution. I think what everybody really knows about retirement plans is, by the time you turn 59 and a half, you, you can take start taking from your retirement uh, without any 10% penalty for early withdrawal. So, and there are some exceptions to that anyway. Historically, if you retire prior to age 59 and a half, you can start taking essentially equal payments over a minimum of five years based on formula, IRS table formula, and avoid the penalty that way. So you can get to your money as early as I think we've had some clients that have retired at age 51 or 52 that were able to take their money with no penalty. But at some point, the government wants to tax the money that you put away and are saving and accumulating for retirement. So They do require that you start taking minimum distributions at some point. And those are based on actuarial tables uh, for male and female and your age uh, during the year in which you take the distribution. So it's not the same amount every year. It changes based on those annuity tables. And the required minimum distributions have to be taken no later than a certain age. Like I said, as early as age 59 and a half or earlier if you retire earlier or like I said, age 72, starting in 2023, age 73, and starting in year 2033, 33. age 75. Right. So for the younger listeners, you probably won't have to start taking your required minimum distribution until you're 75 years old in 2033 or later. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of the 10-person penalty, I believe that's also part of the bill. Uh, they're saying that from 2024, you can pull up to a thousand dollars annually, uh, even if you're under the age of 59 and a half, for an emergency withdrawal.
1: Yeah, I believe there are a lot of provisions like that where it's you know kind of a they're allowing people to access the money earlier, and a lot of this has to do with what we've experienced in the last three years about the pandemic. Correct. People have quit jobs, lost jobs changed jobs Uh, some people are still asleep at the wheel at their job (laughs) yeah and so this allows people to draw on their retirement earnings earlier uh and forego the penalty although it substantially limits the amount you can take before the penalty kicks in
0: that is true and it's just a thousand dollars annually i mean that's less than a hundred dollars a month so if you have a you
1: know hospital bill or something i mean maybe you are pay down a high-interest credit card or something, I mean, $1,000 would apply to that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. And what are some of the other ones that you think our listeners would be interested in? I know I see quite a few here, but at least the key ones that they should be uh, looking at. Well,
1: one of the key ones that a lot of people might be interested in, and and they've got to be careful with this because it affects all new employees, and that would be what they call auto-enrollment. So when you start a new job with an employer that has at least 10 employees and they have a retirement plan, then you'll be automatically enrolled in that retirement plan at a contribution of 3% of your pay. And that comes out of your paycheck. So you'll have to consciously tell them that you do not want to participate if you want to get your full paycheck. Uh, Another provision of that is that that 3% increases I should say it must increase by one percentage point annually until it reaches 10 to 15% of the workers' pay. And as a worker, if you want to take home all of your money and not participate in the retirement plan, you're going to have to tell your employer, you're going to have to make that obvious to your employer by signing some paperwork that you do not want to participate. Otherwise, that money automatically will come out of your paycheck. I think a lot of people are, are, I mean, this is new. Nobody's used to it. And so a lot of people are going to be, you know, hired for a certain salary. They're going to get a couple of paychecks and realize they're not getting it all and going to be upset about that. So you have to make a conscious decision to not participate in the auto enrollment.
0: Hmm, let's see. And what about the piece about, uh, you know, for, for employees with student loan debt?
1: Yeah, it now allows employers to make contributions to a, uh, an employee's 401k account that are somehow tied to student loan payments that the employee is making. So if you've got an employee that's making, let's say, that pays down their student loans by $5,000 in a given year, mm-hmm. then the employer can match that into their uh, 401k account. So it, it sort of counts like a deferral oh, from your paycheck. So it encourages people to go ahead and make their student loan payments, but then it still allows them to create some savings by the employer contribution.
0: So it's a win-win situation. It's not just from the employee's side where the student loan payments are also being class- classified as deferrals, but even on the employer side, the money, the match amount, let's say that's getting put in. I'm sure there's some kind of a deduction possibility there.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. Any, uh, 401k contribution matching contribution that an employer makes is deductible from the employer's tax return. So, uh, it saves the employer taxes as well as helps the employees then save for retirement, even if they're not saving any of their own money.
0: I see. I see. Okay. So that is good.
1: It also allows a lot of penalty free rollovers from 529 college savings plans to Roth IRAs, There's some limitations. There's some income limitations. It also allows Roth contributions to SEPs and simple IRAs, which is new. That previously wasn't an option. So there are a lot of, uh, like I said, a lot of changes, a lot of sort of intricacies that you have to kind of watch out. One of them, I think, uh, that I said that I am kind of personally upset about You know, the uh, catch-up contribution for 401k accounts, once you become over 50 years old, has steadily increased because it's indexed for inflation. Now it's, uh, I think in 2021, it was $6,500. And I'm sorry, 2022, it was $6,500. 2023, it went to 7,500. The cap will become at least 11,250, still adjusted for inflation, but not starting until 2025, and then only for people between the ages of sixty and sixty-three.
0: Doesn't make you wonder? Whoever wrote the rule was probably with the fifty-seven will-
1: or fifty-eight, right? Right, right. Now. That's sort of what it sounds like to me. But I'm sure our Congress wouldn't do that. <laughs> I'm sure. Don't laugh. Come on. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> so that is a good kick that allows people to save more for retirement. But again. Only if you're between the ages of 60 and 63 in 2025. I see. So one of my questions, and I don't know the answer to this, and I don't know if this has been decided yet, but if you're, let's say, age 63 in 2025, so you would be 64 in 2026, then can you not make a a catch-up contribution of that amount once you are no longer 63?
0: Based off of what I'm reading, that's what it sounds like.
1: That's what it says. It says the new ceiling will only be for people who are age 60 to 63. So for those four years, you can make a larger catch-up contribution, and after age 63, maybe it drops back down to the 7,500.
0: Or whatever the the inflation-adjusted
1: number is. Right Right here, yeah, yeah. So
0: very confusing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now there's also another one here, which doesn't really apply to a lot of our listeners or our demographic, but I still feel like it can be helpful. Uh, there's going to be a package mainly for low income earners. So married couples making $73,000 or less, uh, basically they're going to introduce something called the savers credit and basically for people that's making Families that's making less than seventy three thousand dollars, the money that they set aside, the government will match up to fifty percent of their savings. Okay, that's a a change. Mm -hmm. I mean,
1: and that's a good change. A lot of people are going to need that. I mean, it's estimated today that ninety five percent of the people that are saving for retirement don't have enough in their accounts to be able to enjoy the same lifestyle post retirement. So that's going to help a lot. Mm -hmm. I guess that'll supplement uh, Social Security which we all know is having its own challenges. I think right now Social Security is um, scheduled to run out in 2035 maybe or 2040, but not too far down the road. Those years used to sound like they were a century away. (laughs) And now if you look at the calendar, they're really only about 15 years away. That's true.
0: That's true. I remember in the 90s, we used to think by the year 2000, we'd have flying cars. (laughs) Then we're here, and (laughs) I think Elon Musk is still working
1: on that. He flew a car to Mars, didn't he? I think they (laughs) launched
0: a Tesla in space. (laughs) Oh, is that what it was? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, technically, it flew (laughs) without any gravity. There you go. (laughs) All
1: right. What else is in the uh, SECURE Act that we can tell these good people about?
0: Well, there's many, many more. Um, Of course, the age limitation is... The big one, I would say, for most of our listeners uh, and understanding how that will apply, because we're not just talking about the year of 2023. We're talking about how it will be different in different years. And also, you know, I think the main idea behind introducing this new bill was to provide more incentives to the employers. So, so you'd have more small business owners to mid-sized business owners implementing a retirement plan, which they may have previously shied away from.
1: Well, I think there are some uh, tax credit incentives already in effect for uh, employers implementing new qualified plans. That is true. And if I recall correctly, I'm not the tax guy, but I think that basically uh, the credit is $500 a year or up to $500 a year for up to
0: three years if you implement a retirement plan uh, in a small business. Right. So I believe they've actually made some changes to increase that credit right now. Oh, good. Yeah. They they will look at the number of employees and what the salary is, and you can actually qualify to get more. But you're right. At the bare minimum, even if they're getting $1,500 for the three years, even establishing that 401k plan, the cost of actually setting it up is offset by that. A great amount of it is offset by that. Right. Depending on your uh,
1: third-party administrator you choose, I know is the one that we recommend that completely offsets her fee for the first year Mm -hmm. of implementation, but I know a lot of other third-party administrators that I've been associated with over the years that that wouldn't come close to offsetting their fee. So Mm -hmm. be careful about choosing your administrator for your plan. That
0: is true. That is true. Absolutely. And a lot of times I feel like people don't realize that setting up a retirement account is basically opening up another checking account with just some caveats, that money stays with you, but you get additional benefits for having that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's amazing to me how difficult that is for some people to understand Mm -hmm. that it's the only tax deduction that you actually get to keep the money when you invest it in a retirement plan. So if you buy new equipment at the end of the year, that's a tax deduction, but you gave your money to the equipment vendor. Mm -hmm. But with a retirement plan, you give your money to your investment manager, you get a deduction for that. Mm -hmm. even if it's through a 401k because you're not paying taxes on that money until you start drawing it out when you're 72, 73, 75. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean, there's also the time value factor. Even if you have to pay taxes later for that, the growth you've had significantly offsets the amount of taxes you'd have to pay.
1: I totally agree with that. And that's a concept that I think a lot of people don't give consideration to mm-hmm. they talk about the difference between funding a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. And then you talk about the time value of money, the difference between paying taxes today mm-hmm. or waiting, you know, 20 years or 30 years until you're 59 and a half or mm-hmm. until you're 72 to start taking distributions and paying taxes. Then That's true. a lot of people feel like the taxes are going to be higher then than they are now, but I've been hearing that argument for 30 years.
0: Wow. So three decades now. And honestly, it has gone up. But if you look at the margin by which it has gone up, it's 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 a very slow growth rate compared to, let's say, what you would compound your money into by the time it it, it will be time for you to pay your taxes.
1: Well, and inflation kind of eats away at that as well you know mm-hmm. i mean if taxes go up by two percent over the next 10 years then really they're not keeping pace with inflation
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's true which i don't think anyone would argue that we ought to index taxes <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's where would index we deductions let's not index taxes
0: oh can you imagine can you imagine <laughs> it's like rent is going up groceries uh, the other day i saw like a dozen of eggs going for eight dollars and fifty cents and that was the cheapest dozen of eggs you could buy wow and if Taxes also go up. I mean, that thousand dollars that you can pull (laughs) as emergency withdrawal will certainly not be enough.
1: Well, why don't we just, you know, index everything? Let's index everybody's salary, let's index taxes, let's index,
0: you know, Food, Right, right. It would be amazing. It would be amazing. I mean, you'd be surprised how many conversations I have with clients where they say, you know, I don't mind matching the raises for my employees by the inflation rate. It's just that I don't think on the income end, I can all of a sudden you know, increase their fees. Yeah, you're
1: going to increase your fees to your
0: patients by the same, you know. (laughs) Well,
1: you may lose a lot of patients unless everybody across the board
0: does it. Right, right. So, you know, quite a lot of changes. And of course, if you guys have more questions about what are some of the other changes that can impact you specifically, please feel free to reach us at info at eandassociates.com.
1: And, you know, one other change that we didn't talk about is, Back to RMDs for a minute, required minimum distributions. Now, if you don't take the right amount required minimum distribution during a given year, you pay a 50% penalty of the amount you didn't take. Okay. Well, they lowered that penalty by half. Okay. Still sounds enormous at 25%, but it's half of what it was. Right. So they lowered that penalty to be uh, 25% of the amount that you didn't take that you should have
0: okay now speaking of uh, you know not pulling out your rmd when you're supposed to so let's say i'm one of those people who's nearing that age right how should i go about this who should be the first person i should reach out to to you know figure out what that amount should be or you know when should i start that's a great question and i'm not sure
1: what the right answer is if there is a right answer I think in my experience, sometimes, sometimes, but you can't depend on this, but sometimes wherever your money is, they're going to reach out to you and say, Hey, you need to start taking required minimum distributions, but that's not their responsibility. The responsibility for taking the amount, the right amount at the right time is yours. And so probably talking to your CPA would be the best, you know, uh, idea you know, look, I'm reaching age 73 this year. When do I have to take a required minimum distribution and how much? And it's easily calculated. You look at your balance of your investment accounts at the end of the previous year, and you apply the factor from the annuity table I mentioned earlier, and it's just a, you know, one number times the other number and there's the amount of the required minimum distribution. And then you have to take that out by a certain date for your first one you have until April 1st following the year that you were required to take it. Every year after that, it's going to be by December 31st.
0: I see. And it doesn't have to be just once. It could be in multiple withdrawals.
1: Well, and that's probably, you know, for a lot of retirees, that's probably what you should do is you should set your um, monthly check to -hmm. come from your um, investment account. And then in December, just true it up with whatever the total has to be for the year.
0: Oh, that's a great tip. All right, so that was awesome. Honestly, if you ask me, I mean, I learned a lot myself here talking to our listeners about it uh, and going into it. Um, and honestly, we were going to talk about a few other things, but because of shortage of time, we'll probably do it in a future episode. But um, if you guys are keen on getting more information on the subject matter that we covered today, please feel free to reach us at info at eandassociates.com. And we look forward to hearing from you guys. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe to Beyond By Wings on your favorite podcast platform. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Or reach out to us on our website. You can also shoot us an email at info at eandassociates.com.